0: are back it's the Diedrich Taylor coaches show I'm your host Brandon Marcus along with the head coach of Cal State Fullerton Diedrich Taylor what's up Diedrich
1: not much not much just a typical day trying to figure out a way to get better
0: trying to figure out a way to get better trying to figure out a way to move forward you split another series once again against Cal State Bakersfield winning on Friday losing on Saturday we're going to break down that series but gonna do something a little bit different than what we normally do normally at the end of the podcast slash video if you're watching this on youtube and if you are please go ahead give a thumbs up on the video subscribe it's awesome please subscribe on apple Podcasts wherever you do listen to your podcast rate and review share it with your friends put it on social whatever you want help us spread the podcast slash video it would be great awesome. so as i was saying we usually, do the mailbag presented by still waiting for that presented by. By the way, if you do have any interest in being a sponsor for the show, the Dietrich Taylor Coaches Show at us, dtaylorcoaches show at gmail.com. That is dtaylorcoaches show at gmail.com. So, speaking of the mailbag, we're bringing a question to the front. Normally, we have it at the end. We're bringing a question to the front, and it comes from Tim. Vincent. My man. Yes, sir. And he's got two questions. So this works out very well because we'll bring Tim back at the end of the show, but we're starting it off with number one. What happened to Wayne Arnold? I noticed he is not even on the roster.
1: Um, Good question. Great question. You know, as a team or program, you're responsible for the culture and you're responsible for the betterment of your program. And I I felt like um, we would be better if we did not rely on each other. And so Wayne is no longer a part of our program. He's still on scholarship, he's still in school and he's doing really well, um, which is something that he's always done. Um, but but I think uh, for us to be better and for us, and when I say us, I'm talking about our program and, and Wayne, for us to be as good as we can be, we take the lessons that we learn from one another and we take them elsewhere and, and we be better for them. Um, And that's not great English. Uh, my mom would kill me, but I'll say, you Know we, we have to be better for him, and, and, and I think throughout the course of the conversations that we were able to have with Wayne, um, we've come to the conclusion that we would be better um, not being with each other and not being around each other, and so there's no you know um, bad blood between us. I, I want Wayne to be successful, and I think Wayne wants us to be successful, and at the end of the day. I want Wayne to be a better person. I want him to be a better player. I want him to grow from this experience. Um, and I don't really care where it is, whether it's with us, whether it's, you know, on Mars. Um, I just want Wayne to be as good as Wayne possibly can be. And so um, we had to make a tough decision. Um, and through the course of conversations, we decided to, to part ways and, and, you know, we'll root for him and, and expect uh, that he will rebound and, and be better for it.
0: Wayne is a guy that we talked about in the preseason as someone that you guys were going to rely on offensively. How big of a hit is it to have a guy that you thought you were going to have as part of your rotation and one of those guys that you were expecting to be in double figures every game to now someone that's not off, not on the team?
1: You know, it's it's a huge hit. I think, you know, the, the, we'll get into this in terms of the attrition of the season. Um, it's a huge hit because, like you mentioned, more than anything, his maturity and his experience within the confines of our program, knowing the ins and outs and we don't necessarily have that. Um, so that that's a huge hit, but as you know, it's the next man up mentality. And, and I think we've been able to move forward um, with Wayne and we've been able to move forward without Wayne. And so we have learned how to function without Wayne, knowing that he will not be with us. Um, <clears throat> but it is a, a huge hit, but somebody, it's an opportunity for someone to take advantage of. and And we have enough guys to do that. And, and I think they have taken turns um, doing that and providing, with, providing us with the spark in, in Wayne's absence. And now that we know we won't be back together, I think this group will will, will close the gap, so to speak, and, and forge forward and be better for it.
0: And do you think the group has done well off the court together without Wayne now in terms of forming that chemistry that you'd like to see?
1: You know, it's really hard to, for, for, for me to say because I don't necessarily get to see him in those social settings because of the COVID. You know, it limits us to when we're on the road in terms of having, instead of having dinners and meals and things together and doing things together, they limit that time. So meals and things, you have to take it as a separate package that everybody takes to their own room and, and does their own thing. Um, but but I think they are are finding a way to get better because of it. Um, having Wayne, would it have probably made us a little stronger? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I think they're figuring it out and they're, they're, they're determining how to be successful because of it, in spite of it. And as the leader of the program, I think in any program, in any coach across the country, you have to, in the back of your mind, no, you don't want that, but in the back of your mind, you have to expect, you know, because of due to attrition, whether it be injury, whether it be transfer, whatever, you, you have to expect that the picture won't always be perfect. And you still have to be productive because of that, and and that's what we're finding a way to to do until to to exist, um, you know, without his services, so to speak.
0: And no year says figure it out more than this year in terms of all the things you have to deal with. Whether it's in the NBA, you see a player has COVID. It's like, all right, well, the Clippers got to figure out how to win a game without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because there are safety protocols. And and same thing now with you guys in the Big West and whether it's injuries, whether it's off the court stuff and whether it's a player that gets COVID and that he's not back. I mean, you guys have already had to deal with that this year where you had a player or two that was not available because of COVID. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist for those that are watching this on YouTube or listening wherever you are. If you look at the box score and you don't see a player in there, it's either because of something to do medically an injury or because of an illness. I mean, it's one of those two things and you can try and piece those together. We don't go player by player because frankly, you can't really do that due to the player, the rules of HIPAA and all that kind of stuff. So we're not going to do that. Um, The only reason why I bring up the Wayne thing now is because he's off the roster. So it's something that we can now discuss because he's no longer a member of the Cal state Fullerton men's basketball team, Mm
1: -hmm. but go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're one thousand percent right, and I think in every program and every level of, of of team, whether it be the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, college, men or women, you know, there, there there's a version of that that everybody is dealing with, and that is, you know, the unknown. Preparing for you know, not having this person due to injury or, or preparing, we're not going to play the game because we all have, we've been exposed to COVID or, you know, just, just trying to figure out and find a way how we're going to make the best out of the situation. And I think every program across the country is dealing with that.
0: And it wasn't made any easier in the first game against Cal State Bakersfield. I mean, once again, you look at the box score and you can figure out Vincent Lee plays nine minutes. Vincent Lee normally doesn't play nine minutes and he's now hurt. So That's got to be a big blow for you guys.
1: No, it's huge. I think it's huge because we're starting to dwindle uh, in numbers. You know, we we don't have the same bodies and the same depth that we had to start the year. Um, But it's just, again, it's one of those things that Vince suffered an injury and um, he was not allowed to play the rest of that game on Friday, but we were still able to do what needed to be done to win the game. And then we were holding him out on Saturday, Obviously because of the injury and we'll see if we can get him back by Friday and, and, and have his services. But um, you know Friday I think showed our group um, that they can exist amongst themselves if they believe in each other. And I thought Friday night, you know without even without Vince, I think it provided a spark in a different way. It, it allowed us to come together a little more than we were because we were looking around is Vince gonna get in and Vince gonna get in. And then once we got the word that he wasn't, it kind of allowed us to even come together a little more um, and go out and perform. And, And Friday night, no one really cared about who got the credit. They only cared about Cal State Fullerton men's basketball winning the basketball game. And that's why we were able to win is because their mindset was, we're gonna do whatever it takes to give us the opportunity to win. And that's what we did Friday. Saturday, I think, is a different story and a completely different story because our mind was not uh, in the same space.
0: How does that change night to night? How, how do you go on Friday and say, we don't care who does it and who, who gets the credit? And then the next night you have the complete opposite happen, if that's the case.
1: I, I, you know, it's, it's a human nature thing, that, and, and it's hard to have success consistently. You know, at your level at the NBA, when the, when they get to the playoffs, they have seven game series and they're required to win four to to advance to the next level. And and people don't understand that's extremely hard. It's different when you play Thursday, you play Bakersfield, and then Saturday you play, I don't know, Irvine. Two yeah. different opponents. But when you and talk, we talked about
0: that last week as well, in terms of how yeah. difficult it is to go 99. Yeah. When 99. you play
1: those opponents back to back, it just it's just the human nature factor kicks in. If you won Friday, you're not as sharp as you need to be the next night. If you didn't win Friday, you're sharper on Saturday and you, you finding a way to to figure it out. And so that's what we've shown the propensity to do is, is, is basically split and, and no, it's, it's not easy. Um, but it's not, it's not undoable or it's not, you, you can do it if you, if you put your mind to it is what I'm saying.
0: And also you look at Bakersfield and they, I believe now are seven and three. So what that, that what that tells you winning the first game is that you guys can basically go up against anybody and compete. And so it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that at least you guys seem to be on par with any other team in the big West. And you haven't faced UC Irvine yet, but you're on par with any other team in the big West. And it's just about getting there mentally for two nights.
1: Yeah. You know, the funny thing I told our team this today, I said, you know, we've been a head coach for eight years and by far and away, this is the best statistical team that we've had from an offensive standpoint. Like if you look at our numbers offensively, it's through the roof. Um, we got a plus, min- plus assist to turnover ratio. You know, we're shooting a high percentage at the free throw line from the three point line. You know, we're doing all these things, I would say you know, we're not rebounding anywhere near what I think we're capable of, but, um, offensively, we are, we are ridiculous, but we are equally or worse as bad defensively. Like our numbers are, are people are scoring, you know, they're averaging six more points than, than we are. Um, they're out-rebounding us. They're, they're, they're shooting a very high percentage offensively from the, from the free throw line, from the, three point line from you know close to the rim so you know this team can do a lot of things offensively i mean i think we had 30 points at half on friday or 32 maybe on friday and we end up with 90 i mean just think about that i mean when yeah. is it when when is the, the 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 last time you saw a college team average that many points that typically is nowhere near that and so we're we're you know we're changing we're we're a very good offensively offensive team um but in order to win the big games against Santa Barbara and Irvine and Davis and some of the teams that, you know, that make you earn it, you got to guard somebody. You got to guard people. And, and the big West championship is going to go through defense. Whoever's willing to play defense. That in my opinion is, is going to be the winner.
0: Yeah. And defense obviously is important. So you speak of defense and one thing that's really important on defense is to have the legs to go back and forth and, be able to guard for 40 minutes and you look at what you had on Saturday and you played eight guys. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really difficult yeah. to play a full 40 minute game, especially at the pace that you guys played at the night before you know. with only eight guys. I, I mean, how do you do that?
1: You, it's a mindset, you know, you, you, thankfully my old self don't have, doesn't have to go out and play. You know, I, we can rely on 18, 19, 20, 20 something year old young men that, that, you know they're, they're not where they need to be but they're they're in position to be able to compete and play as hard. And I think the mindset comes into the fact that I said this to our team today, I said this physically we are what we are you know, under the circumstances we can't change or there's very little that that is gonna allow us to change but mentally you stand to gain your greatest, um, your greatest outcome mentally, because your body will do what your mind tells it to. If your mind tells your body to, Hey, take this possession off or don't do this. You'll do that. If your mind tells your body to, Hey, go up and get that rebound and then go down the court and score. You will, your body will will respond. And so mentally, I anticipate this group taking the next step and really understanding and maybe overstanding what, the mindset has to be night in and night out for us to achieve what it is that we're, we're after.
0: And that makes sense. I mean, you try working out and having five reps to go and you say, this is hard. I promise you, you will not be able to get through those final five reps. I mean, your brain starts telling you that this is heavy. <laughs> yeah. the, the last five reps get really freaking hard. I mean, it, it's, and then you go, all right, I got this. All of a sudden you got this and yeah. you're able to accomplish So you're right in terms of mentally, but it it gets difficult now because you and I have talked about this before. I mean, the practice in general has been difficult because you are trying to figure out how do I get enough out of the guys during practice, but I don't want to overwork them because we've got games going on and if they're even fit, because in the beginning there was COVID and you're coming out of quarantine, so you couldn't really practice for as long as you wanted to. But now, I mean, you are limited to now eight playing guys. Yeah. At least that's what you played with on Saturday. Yeah. So you can't have a realistic practice. Yeah. So what are you doing now during the week?
1: You know, we're, we're going to have a shell of our, our, of our practice. No, we're not going to be out there for two three, three hours. And we're not allowed or not going to do that just because our body won't allow us to. Um, we, we can't even play five on five. We don't have enough numbers. And so knowing that we're going to break some things down that are really, really important for us defensively and, and mimic them and, and try to go over them and ingrain them in our guys. And then same thing offensively, but we're not going to be able to do that in a five on five setting. And so we have to find different ways to be able to get that accomplished as a coaching staff to get that accomplished so that will allow our guys to go out and play confidently. Um, on Friday so they, they know what they're supposed to do. And, 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 you know, a lot of times in these situations, you spend a lot, of, a lot of time preparing for the other team and worrying about the other team. And that's important, that's significant, but you are who you are. And, and, and you are, it's incumbent upon you as a player and, and us as a staff and us as a program to do what we do first. Do us, and then we'll get to the other team, but do score the way we score play defense the way we want to play defense. And then I think you'll like the outcome. And that's what I've been saying to our team is that you guys know what to do. It's just a matter of whether you're going to do that and do that for 40 minutes or 80 minutes.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask if you do more film now since you have less practice, I guess less practice, same practice time, but less Mm -hmm. practice that you can actually go through. And Mm do you go more through film and focusing on the opponent and you mentioned defense, I mean, you're obviously looking to see what the next team that you're facing does offensively, because that's kind of going to dictate what you do defensively. So is there more film involved, or is it basically still focusing on your guys's um, play on the court?
1: You know, I think it's both, because under the under the current circumstances, you know, we're not in condition, and, and so we're not going to be as, uh, work as much on the floor. So yes, we are going to watch a lot of film, a lot of individual film. Um, what can of you guys or of the opponent both both, okay. both and whoever is responsible for their scout or, or their position coach will have a clips and for them to watch but even if we were under regular current regular circumstances we would scale back because of the guys conditioning and we want them to be fresh in game time so we would scale back but I would say even at at this point current situation we're going to scale back even more because of the lack of bodies and the lack of, of conditioning. Um, in an effort to be as good as we need to be on Friday and Saturday.
0: Can you go full speed in practice, or is it not even bothering because you don't want to risk injury?
1: We can definitely go full speed. Now it's non-contact full speed, but we definitely want to go full speed and we will go full speed just because they need to get that level, that, that that sensation of what it's like to go full speed. Game speed is more 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 like it. You know, understanding what it's like to go slow to fast in terms of your pace. You know, if you don't do that during the week and then all of a sudden you do it on Friday, these guys aren't accustomed to that and they don't understand and or appreciate how to operate that way. And so you have to show them through going fast, through going hard, um, non-contact is, is, is the difference, though, I think, for, for um, this
0: group. Let me ask you something, because uh, God forbid this happens, if you lose one or two more players because of injury, how does that even work? I mean, that because it's you can't play. A full forty-minute Big West game with six or so seven players. I mean, I guess you can, but that—that's competitive-wise. I mean, that's a complete disadvantage.
1: Yeah, it's a complete disadvantage, and and um, I think under the current circumstances, even under regular circumstances, they—if they, you—if you have injury, they—you still have enough guys to be able to put put out on the floor, um, whether it's five or six or seven. I would anticipate they expect you to play and. Mm-hmm we would expect ourselves to play. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go out and give it the best. And like I mentioned to our team today, sometimes giving your best doesn't allow you to always achieve the level of success that you want, but you feel good about the work that you put in because your numbers are down or, or whatever, but you, you you gave everything you had. And that's all we're trying to explain to these guys and trying to trying to preach to them is that night in and night out, you have to work as hard as you possibly can because you don't know if tomorrow's going to come. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, listen, in COVID times, you never know if you're going to have a game the next weekend. And for you guys, you're now facing UC Riverside uh, this coming weekend. And UC Riverside is currently five and two in conference, as you guys are currently sitting at four and six. So it's a pretty decent UC Riverside team. Um, What's the challenge going to be like?
1: You know, the challenge will be their bodies Are a lot bigger than they have been in the past they have unbelievable size like they have a 7-1 kid who shoots threes um a transfer from st mary's that that is that is very skilled i think they can shoot the ball from all five positions on the court so it'll present a different challenge um whereas when we went play bakersfield they didn't shoot it that well from all five but they could still score and still cause some problems so this will be a unique test because we have to prepare different we have to guard different um and and, and and obviously we have to be mindful of if they make ten or more threes in that game, it's going to be a long night for us. You know, we've got to be really, really mindful of guarding the three-point line. Um, we still have to rebound because they're because they use their size and their athleticism to be able to 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 present a different problem offensively from from a rebounding standpoint. And so, you know, it'll be a different challenge. But I but I think Riverside's really really good and and they're they're playing well right now. They're shooting the ball well. They're defending. They're playing as a group cohesively um, really good right now. So
0: we'll see, obviously, what happens. You guys get Riverside, then you get at Cal Poly, and we'll talk about an old friend next week when we have that podcast, and then Irvine, and then UC San Diego. So that's what's left for you guys, four series. Do you think you're going to have one get scheduled um, in between UC Irvine and UC San Diego? Do you guys have any games that need to be made up
1: the Davis uh, game needs to be made up. I don't know if Davis will have a bye that week and, and if we can squeeze it in, the conference will allow us to, if, you know, with Davis because of the COVID and and, and it's a makeup game in that way, but I don't know that they will necessarily allow us to schedule um, anyone else in our conference. That's not a makeup and, and count it as a conference game. You know, the other issue, the other, uh, question is we want to get to obviously the 13 division one games and so we could schedule you know another division one who has the same issue that we're have that we have um there's a lot of different possibilities out there there's also the possibility of not doing anything trying to get healthy that's another possibility
0: yeah that's what i was going to ask because you look at your guys' schedule i mean you've played 10 d1 games already so you only need three more yeah Uh, so you get through two more weekends and yeah. Get the UC Riverside goes through, and Cal Poly goes through. All of a sudden, now you guys have qualified. No so doubt. Just about that that weekend may not even need to play a game.
1: Yeah. Right? No. That's. I think that's a legitimate conversation. I'm not saying that we're going to do that, but I think it's a legitimate legitimate conversation in terms of um, your preparation for the postseason. Now that you've qualified, you know, now what gives you the best opportunity to 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 be successful under the current circumstances? you know, it's different than any other year and, and this situation is, is going to be different. And so how we come up with that information or come to that conclusion, um, I'll be anxious to see what we decide.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's jump to the mailbag and uh, let's go back to Tim Vincent for his second question. And by the way, if you missed in the beginning, the mailbag Taylor coaches show at gmail.com d Taylor coaches show at gmail.com. We are looking for sponsors if you want to come on the podcast, you want your name on the podcast, not you personally. Maybe, maybe, maybe online we might have you personally. Actually, you could be a guest possibly on our podcast. Um, we'll see how much yep. uh, how much money perhaps is given yep. to to the podcast. No, Listen, nothing is off the table here. So, yep. Detailer Coaches Show. If you are interested in uh, sponsoring, it could be the presented by, and we got some cool things in order. So, back to Tim Vincent, number two. What is your primary recruiting strategy? Is it to get the four year players first or the JC and graduate transfers first or a combination of all these?
1: Um, combination. You know, uh, it's a combination. I think we look at what we need, the type of player that we need, um, and then we look at what is the best fit and who we have in our program that has something to do with it. Um, the different classes have something to do with it. Like you're not going to take, you know, if you have juniors, you're not going, you're probably not going to feel that need with more juniors. Mm -hmm. You're going to try to break up the classes. And so, you know, it's a, it's a jigsaw puzzle that, that our staff has done an unbelievable job of putting it together. And I think this year um, probably is indicative of the direction that we'll, we'll try to go in terms of having, you know, some freshmen um, that are part of our program. And then Um, relying heavily on junior colleges and transfers, you know, just just maturity and experience um, within our program. But but that will not ever be um, in place of high character, good guys that obviously are good players, too.
0: And that's different from where you guys were a couple of years ago. I mean, you look at the team that made the NCAA tournament and there was a bunch of guys that were in your program for four years. So it's a different type of thing that you guys are going for now. Why is that?
1: Because I think that the circumstances are different. Like back then when we had Kyle and, and Austin and Jackson and Khalil, you know, they grew in our program and the rule that it will take place next year wasn't the rule last, you know, back then. And that rule basically states that if you are a one-time transfer, you do not have to sit out, you can play right away. And so we have to be cognizant of that, of possibly players leaving and then, obviously, possibly players coming, and I think ha, um, you know playing to that um, is 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 really you have to be cognizant of it. You know, you can't ignore it. I think um, yes, you do want to grow players in 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 your program, but I think if Khalil and Kyle would have numbered at the rate that they were numbering their sophomore year, under the current circumstances, probably they probably wouldn't finish at the number two score in school history and the number five score in school history, they probably would have moved on.
0: Interesting. That's
1: Interesting. the reality of it. That's the reality of it. I'm not saying that they would have, I'm not saying that, that we might them to, but I think under the current circumstances they would have had the option. But something that that I was speaking ironically to our golf coach of all people, who mm-hmm. happens to be one of my good friends. Um, of course, because you're a golfer, <laughs> so that makes sense. And you know what's, what's crazy is we never talk about golf. We never have a conversation about golf, ever. I think other conversations, we never talk about golf. We talk about our sport, but never us golfing or my golf game, you know, because it's terrible. But right, I was gonna well, say,
0: there's probably a reason why you don't talk about your
1: golf. Yeah, it's probably smart on his behalf. Um, but but Southern California, when you say Southern California across the world, it just it does, it 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 elicits a different response. People perk up, you know, and especially when you say LA you get everyone's attention at a different rate um, versus some of the other locations that are out there. I think our location being what it is, it automatically allows us a different level of cache with, with recruits um, than if we were in a different location, we'd probably have to use something else.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense.
1: All right, let's jump to the next question from
0: Patrick, which um, I think we know the answer to, but we'll see. Dear Coach Taylor, at the end of the regular season, the number of games played by each team will be different. I'm assuming standings will be decided by winning percentage. My question, what do you think about how that will be done? Considering that some teams may play four or five more games than other teams in the conference. If this was the NBA with a 72 game schedule, not as big of a deal, but an 18 or so game regular season there that or regular schedule, that's a big discrepancy. Patrick from Green Bay.
1: Um, Patrick, I think you know, this year is so different. Um, to where, honestly, we're just excited to be playing. I'm not really interested in trying to figure out, you know, this team has this record because they played this many more games than that team who has that record and they didn't play as many games. My deal is this, is like, I feel like it's even more of a parody thing. In the conference tournament, I think if you have all the teams that are there, you will get really good games starting with the first round mm-hmm. because you don't know who's going to play who, how it looks. One team may have 10 games played. The other team may have 18 games. I was looking at the scores the other day and there's there some teams out there that have played shucks, almost 16, 17, 18 games. There's yeah. some other teams that are three and one as we speak. And so um, I, I, I don't worry about that. That's not necessarily my job. My job is to prepare my team that when we are fortunate enough to get on the court, if we are fortunate enough to get on the court, we're, we're going to try to do what we do best. Um, but to figure out the winning percentage and all of that stuff, I don't even look at it, honestly. I don't even know. Brandon set our record. I don't even know we were four and six, quite frankly. I don't pay attention to it. I'm just worried about us getting to the floor and us putting a good product out there. And that's how the standings I believe are going to be
0: done is based on winning percentage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you look right now and Cal state Fullerton is in sixth in the uh, big West, but you did mention the number of games. I mean, you look at Cal state Bakersfield, they have played 17 games while UC Davis has played eight. Yeah. So big discrepancy. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. One final question. This one wasn't an email. This one was said to me before we started this show from my wife, she's coming in with another question. Alex yeah. is coming in. She's got a pretty good one. She says, if you could coach any team in the NBA, who would it be and why? And I said to her, he's going to say the Lakers. And she said, yeah, but say and why. So he has to answer why he would choose the Lakers.
1: Um, I want to answer that question from a pro- professional standpoint. And yeah. I'm going to answer that question from a personal standpoint. So personally. Um, yeah, I would coach the Lakers because of I'm a Laker guy. I'm a Laker fan. The tradition of the world champion Lakers, it like, it's in me. I, can't, I can remember vividly remembering my dad and some of his friends coming over as far as you know, they were other teachers and things, but literally we would watch the game, but we would turn the volume down and turn the radio up listening to Chick Hearns broadcast the game. Yes, sir. Because that's, that's a part of who, who I am. Like I'm a Laker through and through, it doesn't matter. Now I don't own any Laker paraphernalia on purpose, but uh, I'm just a Laker guy. That That's my thing. Professionally, I would want to be around what I think one of the best players in our game, in that game, um, what he does day to day, you know, how he impacts wherever he is positively, like, I want to be around that. I want to study that. I want to be a part of that. Um, and then, obviously, Anthony Davis and teaching him from LeBron some of the things that he does on a day-to-day basis from how he takes care of his body, how he sleeps, um, you know, how he hangs out. That's important. I think, I think people are, are miss, there's a misnomer out there that you don't have time for, to do all of that. And yes, you do. Yeah, and you better do it, and you better acknowledge that because that's one of your feelings. You want to be, do whatever. So go do that, so that when you are working, when you do have time, and you do work at a high level, you you're committed to that because you did that. And so just 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 what LeBron's impact is on a day to day basis, I'd want to be around that, and I'd want to be a part of that and coaching that. Um, because I think everybody stands a chance of learning and getting better from each other. And who better than one of the best players that, that that game knows, you know, one of the top 50 players, you know, he's one of the most decorated athletes that you'll ever see, especially in my time. And so to have an opportunity to, to be around that on a day-to-day basis, are you kidding me? Like, I, I don't even know I would take a salary. Yeah, I would, because I got, I got girls, they, they, would, they would make sure that we took a salary <laughs> <laughs>
0: of, course. of course and chick Hearn, by the way is the reason why i got into broadcasting
1: no, uh, no. I used to to him.
0: yeah i used to listen to him all the time i mean the games were uh, simulcast on kcal
1: yes, indeed.
0: listen to the radio um yeah. if the game was not on channel nine because we did not have cable growing up
1: yeah, it would be K-Cal
0: yeah. listening to him and Stu lance yep. or it would be the radio listening to the broadcast and so yeah, big, big chick Hearn guy growing up.
1: so yeah, No doubt. Yeah. Well, tell your wife, I said, thanks for asking that. But I will. hopefully uh, I, we answered that. I'm going to let it.
0: Yep, yep. So that's, that's our mailbag. And that is our show. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or you are listening in the podcast version, a big thank you, as always, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Brandon.
1: He is Diedrich. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Peace. Thank you.